1: Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.
2: The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Those idiots who believe in analytics. Welcome into a numbers game here on vSIN. Happy to be with you. It's Wednesday. Final Wednesday of July. Happy here. Uh, Jeff Parles, Brian Ortega, Kevin Trask here in studio right now. Brian Ortega's waving. You didn't see it. I barely saw it. Ortega's wearing the quarter zip again, which is good. Be no, uh, no wardrobe complaints, which is always a good sign. So, Ortega, Ortega here again. Brian, uh, Brian's working on getting a very big guest on Friday. Hopefully, we will have the very big guest on Friday. Yes. We, I hope. I, I hope. I I'm very hopeful. Yeah, I I hope so too. Yeah. I I will say, the guest that we're working on for Friday is so is a a guest that I would be very. I I have always wanted to talk to, so it'll be it'll be interesting. We'll see if we can. We've been work, we've been working the whole two weeks actually to, to 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 get this guest. You're right. Yeah, and to your point, you were the one who kind of you know made the initial. And then I just, you know, see, see, Brian for, Brian Brian Ortega doing a, a a producer's hard work there, very good. On the show today, though, our guy John Leguiza joins us in 15 minutes because the push and pull that John Legeza always talks about with Gill will uh, is starting starting to hit a market that John likes betting. So we're going to talk about that with John in 15 minutes from now. Jay Gasman, one of the three hosts. Of the wheelhouse on ESPN Houston. Because today's AFC South Day. We'll talk to Jake. uh, 1130 Eastern Time. And then our guy Brady Cannon will come on in. uh, In studio as he always does on Wednesday. For the final segment of the show. Talking golf uh, this week. Uh, Again two weeks left. In the golf's regular season. Before the FedEx Cup begins. This week they are in Detroit. Rocket Mortgage Classic. This week another potential birdie fest. Where Brian Ortega will inevitably have some 300 to one shot on his ticket. Is that correct? That's correct. Always. There we go. See? Just uh, got to visualize. Just has to. <laughs> one, of, one of the best betting moments that I've been associated with this year was when Brian Ortega said those exact words about having Bo Hostler in the tournament a few months ago at 400 to one, and Hostler was actually in the final group on Sunday. Unfortunately for Brian, Bo Hostler did not win. But uh, regardless, uh, it's interesting when you have those triple-digit golf sweats uh, that that come out, come up a lot more than you would realize. All right, before we get to the full AFC South preview today, because I will, I will preface everything I say by this: this division to me is going to be terrible yet again, and you have a, a an NFL worst roster in Houston in this division. You have a team in turnover in Jacksonville where there is an adult in the room now and Doug Peterson. We'll see how that ends up being. It sounds like uh, the Jacksonville players are pretty pleased with having Doug Peterson down there. Uh, Josh Allen, the defensive end, uh, yesterday with some, with some with some praise for Peterson and not so much for Herb, of course, in that disastrous year, year ago. And then quarterback change in Indy with Matt Ryan getting traded from Atlanta to Indian and the Titans, who of course the reigning number one seed in the AFC from a year ago. So we will, uh, we will break down a division in full as we go through, but just starting off with a former Tennessee Titan. But uh, before we do that, the odds in the AFC South as we go into AFC South day today, Indianapolis is odds on. Wow. Odds on to win the South. At a minus one fifteen at BetMGM, plus one fifty on Tennessee, fifteen to two on Jacksonville, and then uh, Brian, you want twenty five to one on Davis Mills and the Texans? Absolutely not. Okay, uh, I agree. I would need a, I would need a zero at the end of that twenty five. Make it two fifty, and then we could start talking because uh, there are not many things that you at least have to at least consider at two hundred and fifty to one. All right, Julio Jones. This broke after our show yesterday. We talked about a little bit on primetime action last night, Ben Wilson and I. Julio Jones signs a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think Julio's completely finished. I think he's completely done. Last year, 31 receptions, 434 yards, one touchdown, only played in 10 games. The year before that, he only played in nine games. Just too many injuries in the end here for Julio. And look, we have seen revitalization projects with Tom Brady that have worked. We saw Rob Gronkowski basically being unable to walk and still being effective in Tampa with, with, with Brady. But I don't see this with Julio. I just don't see this this year. And you already have obviously Mike Evans, a legitimate one, Godwin, depending on health, there, they signed Julio's former teammate Russell Gage this offseason. But this just feels like, and again, Brian, it's always fun when someone we know was a star at one point signs with a team in their in the twilight of their career, and Twitter gets all excited, I'm like, oh, I signed Julio. That's not fair. Guys, Julio's, what, the 50th best receiver in the NFL at this point? Is he even that? I'm not even, I don't, I don't, I think I'm highballing it there maybe with the 50th best receiver. This is a nothing to me. Now, could you get two games where Julio has good games? Yeah, sure. You could have a game, would it shock me week one while Julio is still fresh at Dallas that Julio makes a big play? Scores a big touchdown in that game. And, all, and everyone on Twitter gets all excited. Oh, he's back. He's all Julio again because he's playing with Tom Brady. Oh, that wouldn't shock me. But I just don't see a way where Julio makes it through a full 17-game slate where he's playing at the level of even a number three wide receiver at this point on that team. So that move doesn't really excite me. Even though you could make the argument, if Julio Jones helps you win one game, it could make this worth it because Tampa, for me, going to be, as we talked about last last week, Tampa's going to win that division running away. Very easily could be in the one seed mix in the A, in the NFC. And even if Julio win, helps you win one game, that could be enough. Uh, very different looking uh, depth chart down the board at the wide receiver and tight end position. Of course, they signed Kyle Rudolph's signing was over the weekend, right? It was over the weekend. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, that was over the weekend. So he is now behind Cameron Braid. Cameron Braid I like, by the way. I still think Cameron Braid is a uh, is a very useful pass catching tight end who kind of got forgotten about because of Gronkowski. That offense is still going to be good. Even though, again, questions at left guard uh with Marped retiring. Uh so uh, but again, they're still, still an elite center in Jensen. Still a Donovan Smith is Very underrated. Excellent left tackle. And then Werfs is only going to get better at right tackle, the second-year guy out of Iowa. Other news, uh, Joe Burrow, other thing that broke after our show, Burrow's having an appendectomy. Better now than a month from now. Again, modern medicine is so good that Burrow probably be ready to go pretty quickly here. Shouldn't miss any regular season games. Probably miss a – again, do we really think he was going to play in the preseason anyway? No. Maybe a quarter. So if he doesn't play a preseason game, who cares? Doesn't matter. Just uh, good to see that he'll be okay. And again, for the Bengals' sake, remember we saw the year after a Super Bowl championship, the the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, had an be very close to the regular season and had a brutal year, including that first game back where he played, I think it was four days after the appendectomy and was terrible on a Monday night in Jacksonville. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Also, we, we found out guy, uh, guys who get put on the physically un, uh, unable to perform list. Michael Thomas still on there for New Orleans. We think he'll be ready to go for the regular season. We have no idea. But two Cincinnati offensive linemen, including the big addition this offseason, Lyle Collins, put on the non-football injury PUP yesterday. That's a big deal for Cincinnati, who, again, as we talked about yesterday in the AFC North preview... Cincinnati's offensive line, horrible last year. Burrow was sacked nine times in a playoff game, and they still found a way to win. So I, I am just curious to see how that impacts, again, the Bengals, having a pretty soft early season run, and then a brutal second half to the season. So we'll have to see how that ends up playing out in Cincinnati. We do, uh, you know, it's we're less than a week from baseball's trade deadline, too. I really don't think that Soto's going to get dealt. I think we're going to see him get dealt this offseason. I also think we're going to see Otani get dealt this offseason as well. We saw Jim Bowden yesterday in his article saying the Mets reached out. Billy Epler, now the GM in New York, was the GM of the Angels when they brought Otani over from Japan. I don't think a deal gets done for either of those guys at the deadline, even though Soto's significantly more likely to get dealt. Dodgers, Padres, Yankees and Cardinals seem to be the four teams for Soto at this point. The Mets aren't necessarily out, but again, Brian, and we talked about this when these rumors came out, you're the Nationals, you can't trade them within the division. Just can't no, do it. No, Can't like, do it. I'm, so I'm a Mets fan, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. You and I but, both. But, but it makes no sense for, for them to do it, right? No. I mean, if I were watching, look, the Werner family is going to sell that team at some point soon. They're exploring that sale. This almost feels like they're trading Soto to protect the new ownership. So the new ownership is like, oh, our first move was to trade the best player on our friend in our franchise. So it kind of feels like that. But I, I the, the Mets never really, even though they have the prospects, Francisco Alvarez, the number two prospect prospect in all baseball, it didn't make sense. I don't think Soto's gonna get dealt. That that has kind of changed for me in the last twenty four hours. But if he does get dealt, you're the Yankees. How do you not do everything humanly possible to do this? Because not only would trading for Soto make you the favorite to win it all, it would also give you an out for not bringing back Aaron Judge after the season. And I'd rather have Juan Soto for 10 years than Aaron Judge. John Legaza, a Yankee fan himself, going to join us next to look at today's card. A day baseball laden in MLB.
1: He scored. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Nevada's premier sports betting app, BenmGM sports has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boosted out specials and plenty more download the Ben app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip, but your state issued idea to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in the state of Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. So visit Ben MGM for terms and conditions. It must be 21 or older. And physically located in Nevada, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. It is a numbers game here on Vison Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. Brian Ortega is here as well. And now with us, Mayo Media Network, and of course, as well, writer for The Athletic, uh, it's our guy, John Legaza. John, uh, the... Uh, The Empire got struck yesterday in Queens. I'll say that. Uh, The resident Met fan myself here taking care of your Yankees yesterday at City Field. So uh, take that for one day, John.
3: Yeah, I mean, really. And you know what? (laughs) Of course – as usual, the the, the Twitter mob make, made sure to overreact, you know, and sell the Yankees, right? All of a sudden, they're a losing team. These things happen. I was on, you know, this very show a couple months ago talking about Pittsburgh beating the Dodgers. I basically got laughed off the set, and they swept in that, that series. You know, whatever. Just don't overreact. The Yankees are good. The Mets are also very good, you know.
2: Yeah, I, that that was yeah, my I takeaway guess, from I last night. I guess we are night. kind is of it, rebels. My but, but, takeaway from last night is oh yeah, both of these teams are in first place for a reason. Both of these teams are really good. Also, you mentioned that that random pirates sweep of the Dodgers. How about the Nationals taking the first two games in LA uh the last two nights in that series? That that's a perfect example. I love that. You know, some people have the that's baseball
3: quote, and some people just Talk about it mathematically as variants the way they should. If you notice, I just really don't get too high or too low on any of these outcomes or any of these games, whether it be a bet or following my own team. It's a long, long road, right? No one even remembers the first 30 days when there were no home runs being hit. Remember back to that point in time? So, listen, you just kind of go with the flow, ebbs and flows of the season. Yeah, the Dodgers are good. The Yankees are good. Here we are reinventing the wheel, Jeff. You and I really are on the forefront of handicapping right now.
2: Hey, we're, we're, look, we're, we're always a step ahead, right, John? I mean, that's, that's always, exactly. always tip of the, spear, the tip of the spear. Uh, yeah, so, so John, you, you and I were texting before the show this morning, and and whenever you come on with Gill, you always end up with the something in the push and pull. Between bettors and the sports books and John, it seems that the push and pull has finally reached one of our favorite betting markets and that's total bases, John, where the books have seemingly started to figure out, especially on these good to elite players on the, on over one and a half total bases. Those numbers have finally started to correct themselves.
3: Yeah, you, you nailed it. Really, I, that's right. I really love being so simpatic with you because that is the most important thing, regardless if today's bet cashes or not, is understanding the malleability that goes into exactly what you said, the push and pull. You you may be successful with one style, but they adjust prices, which affect return on investment, which may inve- infect you know, subsequently your strategy. So you mentioned that. You nailed it exactly where we were really kind of beating up the books and I would expand even a touch more. It was beyond just the lead hitters, which you're not wrong. You're correct, but they're in the top third of lineups Mm -hmm. and they were on the road, which you want to guarantee that ninth frame. You'd be surprised how often you feel like if you're ahead and you're at home, you know, you go home with your batter in the on deck circle, which is kind of deflating. So you really just want to be on the road to guarantee that ninth frame They're on to us, boys. You know, Jeff, they're on to us. So they were posting these at plus 110, plus 120. I have been very public about this. And the book seemed rather happy to eat the 25 or 30 cents I'd be highlighting every single day on every single play. That's how we knew it was going to move. There's such a thing as CLV. When you're doing it every day to 25%, something has got to give, right? They're going to move the fulcrum that we talk about. Again, Vegas doesn't predict winners. They look for even action. So now these lines are coming out not just at minus 110, where I'd still maybe consider it palatable. I was mentioning it to you, it's at minus 130. A lot of the player props I had highlighted. You know, guys I was on this morning, Andrew Vaughn, Eloy Jimenez, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, all guys we used to get at plus 115 or now minus 130. That 45-cent shift is enough. I'm not saying that I'm off it totally, but it is enough to at least have me now kind of retreat to the rebel base. You know, the empire has struck back, but I'm gathering the fleet. We'll be back as always. You know, we'll be back as always, like I said, but you, you know, right John. Now, I, you I just looking for the list of no. play,
2: the list of yeah. players that you that you put put gets texted to me that that were circled, but then the numbers were too high. I'm just curious with, with Vaughn and Jimenez. I wonder just how much of that is just the fact that they're playing at Coors Field today, because of course that's a well, day that game it, in Colorado. I wonder if that, when they are not in Denver, if that just comes back to the pack on players like that.
3: Well, it is certainly a factor there at minus one forty five, but all of the players that are ringing on the model are now at -125 so i'll give you that 20 cent cores boost which is generally what we saw no none of the players were ringing at +120 but some were ringing at -105 again that 20 to 25 cent kind of cushion you have to understand but where we were first and the books were then moving it, they've kind of moved it first. And I think they're waiting for our moves. And I'll tell you what, I'm in the middle of doing the math now where we may have to retreat from one and a half bases, look for a single hit and maybe pair two of these extremely strong model hits. Because I will tell you this, anytime we fall short on the one and a half total bases, it's generally not because it's an over five. It's usually one hit with a couple walks or something. That is also part of the calculus.
2: You know, walks will eat you up in the total base world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. And just a reminder to everyone, especially if you're new, new to betting walks, don't count in total bases, guys. Just yeah. remember that they don't count. Uh, just the, just the, just the walk doesn't count in that. John, uh, there is one other market though, that you're starting to look at that's That's also the books haven't fully gotten there on this market yet, though, which is a good thing.
3: Yeah, well, this is the the push and the pull. I I think what's going on sometimes is almost like the hole in the dam. You know, they kind of stuck their finger in one, but we kind of poked another hole in another spot. So while they're dealing with us taking advantage of the total base props, we've been doing extremely well. You know, I already had the F5 algorithm written, and it took a fall. Or listen, I'm open to the wisdom of the crowd. Somebody mentioned to me, hey, have you thought about these F5 team totals, right, people, isolating a single team total to the first five innings the general lines are one and a half or two and a half and when we get a strong model ring over one and a half are generally the ones I'm looking at and sometimes those are near even money it's very hard to suppress a team below two runs even with a great pitcher I mean look at Garrett Cole's game log. Look at Corbin Burns' game log. This is just a fact of baseball. It's very hard, and how often do you get two runs early? So that seems to be the newest edge. I think books are reticent to post the two-and-a-half because they need to juice it up where we can go under, and they're afraid to post it at two because they don't want us taking advantage of the push. So right now, casino bookmakers, the ball is in your court, right? There's the volley right there. Because I'm telling you, Jeff, that's at the center of it. That's the next thing that I'm looking for. Are they going to just juice up to one and a half where they get no action, or are they going to move it to two and give us the chance at that push that we want, you know?
2: You know, <laughs> it, it, it's that's it. The last thing you said there, That that's interesting because especially knowing... The newer jurisdiction books, they're very, they are very rarely put out numbers that are just push numbers. We just don't see it. So I would say they probably right. would just go to a heavily juiced to the under two and a half. That would be my guess, which, okay, if you want to do that, be my guest. Yeah, I guess. I,
3: again, I, I really have kind of stringent parameters set for paying juice. Like, I really don't like to do it. I almost need to pair it. And, again, I would need it a situation where I need a single from Trey Turner or something I feel very right. good about. So, in those situations, I normally take my lean up against the wall. I just don't like to pay the J-word. If we keep saying it, man, I'm going to break out of red.
2: <laughs> John, we have about a minute here. Uh, you, you you have two plays for today. And, and just, show, uh, just looking at what you sent me, you're going back to the well with your guy John Gray yet again.
3: Yes, the White Wolf of Winterfell is going to get it done. We can do this really quick. Marco Gonzalez, the bookmakers, and the public are looking at his 374 ERA. His Sierra and everything that matters is about five. He doesn't strike players out, has a nearly 400x on the air. Righties are just taking the task, as well as lefties, The Texas O is getting up off the mat. Seattle offense, getting Julio back, but still bottom five in batting average and swinging strike last 105 plate appearances. Gray is really – he's excellent, man. 30% CSW, everything you could look for. Give me the Texas F5 because, remember, the bullpen disparity there. Mariner bullpen, very good. Texas bullpen, not very good right now. And we get to push it. So if it's it's tied, we got our money back, which we like. The other one, really quick, is I want to get – At the Brewers, I thought this was a real misprice. Again, the disparity between F5 and the full game that we didn't see in Texas game, that money line is the same as the F5, so I want the F5. In Milwaukee, the F5 is juiced up like a full cent, almost you know 85 cents or so. So give me plus money run line. Here's some real detailed analysis of Corbin Burns. He's really, really good. And here's some really detailed analysis on Chris Archer. He's not nearly as good <laughs> as the 3-4-1 ERA says. He's not nearly as good. He throws way too many fastballs, more than 40% use. The Milwaukee Brewers are a fastball hitting team. They are going to destroy Chris Archer today. Give me even money. I think it might have been plus 110. Uh, Brewers
2: to cover it up. Okay, so Brewers laying a run and a half and then Texas yeah. in the first five. Today for John yes. Lugazi. Of course, you can find his Brewers, work at The yeah. Athletic. Cork Stats on the Mayo ne- Media Network as well. John, pleasure as always. Thanks for being always. with us. We will continue our AFC South preview next. in college football betting guide and the the pro football betting guides are coming soon and there's no better way to prepare for your football season than with those two guides. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. So reserve your copy of the football betting guides today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VEASAN all-access subscription. Make this your best football betting season ever. Subscribe now. Vcent.com slash subscribe. And as I said yesterday on the show, we do a lot of great things at the network. I think the best thing we do is this co- is the college football betting guide. Pro football betting guide, every bit is good, but the college football betting guide, I learn more about getting ready to bet for my college football season than I do anything else we do here at the network. That's how good that betting guide is. I'm Parlay. He's Ortega. There we go. We're going. We're going. A uh, fictional last name and last name here uh, now on the program. AFC South today. So, you know, Brian, I have been waiting for this division. Been waiting. So impatient to get to the AFC South, which. Oh boy. Yet again, it just it, we're we're in this we're in this rut with this division where teams it's one 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 good team. You had uh Indy and Tennessee make the playoffs two years ago. You should have had both of them make it last year, but Indy just totally collapsed down the stretch. Tennessee was the one seed in the American Football Conference a year ago. And then had nine sacks and a whole playoff game as the one seed It still lost to Cincinnati. So feels like Tennessee missed their window last year. As you see on VSon.com if you're watching us, Ben MGM odds, Indianapolis, your AFC South favorite at minus one fifteen. Titans a plus one fifty. Jacksonville plus seven fifty. And Houston at twenty-five to one to win the AFC South here in the twenty twenty two season. We're gonna start with the defending division champions, the two time div- division champions now, the Tennessee Titans. Titans missed a golden opportunity to make a Super Bowl and maybe even win a Super Bowl last year. Because even without Derrick Henry for a bulk of the season with that foot injury, got him back in the playoff game. He had the playoff game at home. Joe Burrow was sacked nine times, and it didn't matter. Still lost the game. Now, I don't know if they would have beat Kansas City the following week, but as you remember, during the regular season, Tennessee annihilated Kansas City and Nashville. Kansas City didn't even score a touchdown in that game. A total beatdown. As you look at Tennessee here, and, and this, this Tennessee team significantly weaker now than they were a year ago. Of course, they trade A.J. Brown. We mentioned earlier, Julio Jones, they release. I don't think that really makes an impact, but A.J. Brown not being a Titan sure does. They now go into the Season with a wide receiver trio of Robert Woods coming off significant injury, rookie Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, and Nick Westbrook Nick Westbrook Akina, who is the number four wide receiver. Realistically, they go out. They do get Austin Hooper, so good tight end. But this feels like the year where Ryan Tannehill regresses into a below-average NFL starter. And I think we're going to realize this year, and this could happen in Green Bay too, I don't think it will be as extreme in Green Bay because of Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. But taking away a guy like A.J. Brown, who, let's face it, A.J. Brown is a top-eight wide receiver in this game. And you put him... You trade him to Philadelphia, and now you're asking, again, a rookie and a guy coming off an ACL tear to replace the production of A.J. Brown? I just don't see it. And I think Tannehill, who, again, Tannehill, it's fair to say, Brian, that Ryan Tannehill has had a very odd career in the NFL where he was almost actually to a point disrespected in Miami. Always, at least after the first two years, was consistently league average. Had, obviously in 2020, an incredible year in Tennessee. And then last year kind of came back to the pack a little bit. And Tennessee won in lieu of him. Got the one seed in lieu of him. I think what we saw last year, we're going to see more of that this year. And we probably will see after year two in Miami. Remember, seventeen interceptions in his first full season, Brian. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think we're going to see that come back for Danielle. Yeah, I, I, I think he's just in a great system for him for himself. And then with well, AJ Brown was such it, a weapon. Well, you know? uh, remember when you run heavy too, Derrick Henry obviously got hurt. It's a whole different, whole different ball game when when you're going with the parade of of number three running backs that they were going with after Derrick Henry got hurt. And look, could Ryan Tannehill have less turn, less picks than he did a year ago because they're throwing the ball less? Sure. We, we've we talked about this all week, especially on primetime action. And tomorrow will be a key piece to this because the AFC West, you have numbers on interception props that may see, seem higher than you would anticipate. But when Justin Herbert might throw the ball 700 times, he may throw 15 interceptions. Like, Whether you just have that much volume, you may throw a whole lot more interceptions. Ryan Tannehill may not have the volume, but still may throw 14, 15 interceptions. I think this is a real down year for Tannehill, and, and the weird thing about Tennessee's defense last year, they had a pass rush that at times looked great. Obviously, the playoff game, they looked awesome. But I've I think they're a league average defense. League average defense. They're a league average defense this year. They're probably ending up nine and eight. Maybe even seven, eight, nine, seven, and ten. They won 12 games last year. Also, 12 is not going to be good enough to get the one seat again in the AFC. Just throwing that out there for everyone. You look at their schedule. Early, early by week six. Brian, we are going to learn a lot about this team in week one. And I know that may seem weird. As like, what, really? The Giants. They're going to be almost a touchdown favorite at home against the Giants. What are you talking about? I would not be surprised if Tennessee loses that game week one. I would not be surprised. Now, I don't think they will. But eyeballing with numbers will probably be in contests. The New York Giants will likely be on the contest card that week. But then after that, the next four games, three of them on the road play at Buffalo, who I will say Tennessee has had Buffalo's number the last few years. They destroyed them in that weird Tuesday game because of the COVID outbreak with the Titans with no practice. They destroyed them. They beat them on the Monday night last year. That's a game where Josh Allen got stuffed on the fourth and one. It's a correct move. Tennessee just made a play. What are you going to do? You get the Raiders at home. I think the Raiders are going to be really good. We'll get to them Tomorrow. And in two road games at Indianapolis and at Commanders, they actually play both of their indie games, both before week eight, week four, and week seven. Very weird scheduling quirk where the two best teams in this division are done with their games before the end of October. And, you know, Brian, that could actually end up playing a significant role in this division. Remember, Tennessee swept Indianapolis a year ago, beat them handily in Nashville, or beat them by nine ended up being a cover for Tennessee. And then, of course, the game in Indy was a game that Indy had no business losing, uh, where Indy had an interception. I forget who the defensive player was on the Colts. Picked it off and then hurt himself on the return, fumbled it back to Tennessee, and then Tennessee scored after that. And then, of course, the infamous left-handed interception by Carson Wentz to avoid a safety. But (sighs) this schedule is weird is a weird schedule. Cuz if you look the first 7 games, you could argue that it's not the most difficult because you have Houston, you have the Giants a game you should win, you have the Commanders, but then you flip around and then you have three teams that I would I would anticipate will be in the playoffs. And then after that, that four game that five game stretch after Houston at Kansas City, Denver at Green Bay, which is a Thursday game I'm pretty sure with Green Bay, Cincinnati and at Philadelphia going five in those five games. I may be rethinking how I actually formulate this division here, Brian, because I was inclined to say, you know what? Tennessee still going to have a chance to escape with this division. Not going to happen. Do you I get- understand why Indy is again, after looking at the schedule again, after doing this in prep last night, here's a reason why Indy is, odds on in this division and a lot of it is that schedule for tennessee do you want to guess the opening line for the giants uh versus the titans well i mean it was it was it's go ahead tell me what it is right now but six and a half it it, it was six when it opened yeah six and a half there could be a touchdown favorite in that game i'll take the points very happily in that game with the new york football giants all right we're going to jacksonville next we are going to go to jacksonville Can't get much worse than it was a year ago. New coach, new era. That's next. Numbers Game, VEASAN.
0: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
2: into a win with the king of Sportsbooks, place a one game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. And if all the legs of the parlay, but one hit, you'll get a stake of your bet back in free bets up to $25. So log into your account or download the app and sign in with Ben MGM to take advantage of this offer all season long. Just opt in the one game parlay insurance promotion. Then place a one game parlay wager with four legs or more on any MLB game. If you miss one of those legs on your wager, you're going to receive up to $25 back in free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. MLB trademarks used with permission. Must be 21 or older to place a wager. New and, cus- new and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire within seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. This offer not available in Nevada, New York, or DC. It is a numbers game here on vSIN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. He's Brian Ortega. Kevin Trask also in studio with us. Kevin, uh, Kevin had a rare day off yesterday. Very rare day off. I know, I know you're you're almost as shocked as I am here, Brian, that Kevin actually had a day off. Hardworking man. He earned it. He earned it. Kev, Kev, very hardworking guy. Also doing a good job as he always does in the corner, tucked away here in the studio. Alright, we were going to move Houston and Jacksonville around but we are going to keep Jacksonville here because <laughs> could it have got worse for the Jags last year? If you drew it up anyway, worst case scenario I don't even think you could have drawn up what you had where Trevor Lawrence had more interceptions than touchdowns, where Urban Meyer was the biggest joke of a head coach in NFL history just about and Jacksonville last year, where, look, I thought that, all right, they could win five games. They'll win six games. Trevor Lawrence will look actually pretty good by the end of the year. Went three and 14. There are three wins last year, by the way, Brian. In London, because they only win in London, apparently, against Miami. Of course, the infamous 9-6 game against Buffalo, which... We were going through ridiculous results off the off the air in between segments here. That was the most ridiculous result, even more than Houston pummeling Tennessee in Tennessee. Where Josh out of the bill scored six points against one of the worst defenses in the whole league. And then, of course, week 18, where they destroyed Indianapolis. That game was not competitive. And Trevor Lawrence played pretty darn well in that game. As good as he played all year, or as well as he played all year. i got to get my grammar right there. But it's a new era in Jacksonville now. Year two for Lawrence. Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning coaches there. Press Taylor takes over the offense. Uh, Mike Caldwell, the coordinator. A whole bunch of signings this offseason. I don't know how much I loved any of their offseason signings. Of course, they overpay Christian Kirk. They go out and sign Zay Jones. I did like the sheriff acquisition. That was good. Fortify the interior of the line. to get a a Fudakasi from the Jets draft Trayvon Walker at number one to take Devin Malloyd with a second, first round pick. This team in theory should be better in theory should be much better just because as we've seen a major league baseball this year, Brian, and I think it's unfair to compare Jace Tingler and Luis Rojas to urban Meyer. Those guys were just not ready to be head coaches or excuse me, managers in the major leagues. But the Padres and the Mets have benefited in a big way from having adults in the room. Buck Showalter in New York and Bob Melvin in San Diego. They're both heading to the playoffs in all likelihood after having absurd collapses last year. I'm just curious how much having an adult in the room matters for this team. Where by just having an NFL coach in Doug Peterson, who, again, won a Super Bowl, I think he actually was more responsible for things in Philadelphia than he gets credit for. I think everyone seemingly gives Frank Reich the credit for Nick Foles' run, which I don't think is fair to Doug Peterson. But Jacksonville, we look at their profile here. Six and a half, their win total. Bet to the under right now. Minus 130, a bet MGM. Make the playoffs, plus 450. Again, big price to miss the playoffs. No shock there. Plus 750 on division crown. 66 to one to win the AFC. 125 to one to win it all. Now, Drew Dinsick yesterday said... He's taking a little bit of Super Bowl numbers just because he doesn't believe that those numbers will be there when the season starts. That is the definition of taking a number. (laughs) That is the pure definition of it. But, Brian, I really do think this is a team that we will find out what this is going to be for them in week one. Week one, the ultimate... Hey, I have multiple entries in Survivor. I don't plan on using these teams again this year. Maybe I'll split these entries. I don't know how much I love doing it because if Jacksonville and Washington ended in a tie, that would make a whole lot of sense knowing those two organizations. But Jacksonville is at Washington in the first game for the Commanders as the Commanders. That is a game where if Jacksonville is going to be improved... Now, it'll be a good test for their their new look offensive line against a defensive line that two years ago was awesome. and last year underachieved. By the way, Washington, three and a half at home against Jacksonville in that game right now at Ben MGM. If Jacksonville is going to be improved, Jacksonville goes on the road and wins that game. Because you have the better quarterback. You have a defense that torched Carson Wentz week 18 last year. And is Carson Wentz in a new system as well. But after that, the next, other than Houston Week 5, and I don't know, what what did the schedule makers do here? Why does Indianapolis have have all their Jacksonville and Tennessee games in the first seven weeks? We'll get Indy next segment. But just perplexing scheduling. But Week 2 through 6, you're going to be a... Pretty reasonable dog at home against Indy. Yes, I know Indy doesn't win there anymore, guys. I know that. But they're still going to probably be, if Indy handles their business in Houston week one, probably Indy's going to be a touchdown favorite. Maybe a little bit less if Jacksonville does go on the road and beat Washington. Chargers, they're going to be a big dog in that game on the road. You're going to be a pretty reasonable dog in Philly. Goodness, that is a brutal back-to-back. L.A. and then Philly the next week. Ooh. Both on the road. Houston week five, and then at Indy week six. Really, in all honesty, their schedule is pretty brutal until the bye week. At least have an opportunity against the Giants to get a win at home. But then London with – they have the London game against Denver, Raiders, and at the Chiefs before the bye. And they play all four AFC West games before the bye. That's a that's a tough stretch. Yeah, the, you know, I had Jacksonville in my, when I went through this in the rough draft. I had him at six. I understand the juice on the under that schedule Jacksonville very easily start the season two and eight. And, and it's kind of like the jets on Monday where Jacksonville could be much better than they were a year ago. And the record still looks terrible because that th- those first two first 10 games are terrible. After that, it does soften pretty considerably. Yeah. Baltimore at home is not the best, but ro- winnable road games at Detroit, winnable road game on a Thursday at the jets, winnable road game at Houston, Tennessee at home is winnable. Dallas could do something ridiculous in week 15. But in the end here for Jacksonville, even though I expect Trevor Lawrence to be much better than he was a year ago and looking at Trevor Lawrence's props, the one that stands out is 22 and a half touchdown passes. I do expect Lawrence to go over that and be in the mid twenties, but I also expect Trevor Lawrence to throw a lot of interceptions again. When we saw Trevor Lawrence throw 17 and be tied for the league lead a year ago with Matthew Stafford, I expect Trevor Lawrence to be in the pocket of 15 again. I don't think we're going to see him magically cut down on turnovers. It's interesting they actually have Travis Etienne numbers. I don't know how you bet him right now after not seeing him a year ago. Trevor Lawrence's passing yards half. I'm not betting that. Wouldn't bet that at all. But this team, again... Them and, the, them and the Jets are pretty similar to me. Where the rosters are, the rosters are clearly better. And for Jacksonville, the coaching is going to be better. But with the schedules they have at hand, I don't know how they get better. More than maybe two wins. Where it's like, all right. It's going to be a very weird narrative on Trevor Lawrence, potentially. if he doesn't, Even if he performs in Jacksonville's 5-12, and 12, which is very realistic, I, the narrative with him is going to be weird this offseason. It really will be. So I I, uh, I am not I don't want it over with them. I don't want any division futures. I just think that schedule's too tough for them to realistically vault from number one pick back-to-back years to somehow like win the division with a last place schedule. I don't see that happening in Jacksonville. But look, they'll be better coached. And they may give you week one excitement against Washington. But man, after Washington. That stretch from week two through week 10. Not fun for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to the division favorite next, Indianapolis. New quarterback yet again. Look at the Colts. Coming up next, the numbers get decent. The Sports Betting Network.
0: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
1: Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.